The following is an at-will presentation. So I, I ended up going, and I just remember them, you know, putting the handcuffs on me, turning me around, and my whole family and a lot of my friends were in the courtroom that day, and it was an open court proceeding, so it was, a, it was packed. And I just uh, I remember them all waving goodbye to me and, you know, saying that they loved me, and they let me out. My name is Karen, and my secret is that my husband is on the sex offender registry. Hi, Karen. Hi. I'm glad you've agreed to share what's happened to you and your husband. It's so tough because it's something that I don't want to have to hide. Today, a story about a crime and the social stigma and burden that accompanies it. But listen closely to this one, because it's also about a miscarriage of justice to a degree. And even when you know that, the stigma for this crime is so strong, it can be hard to see that the punishment in this case was too much. This edition of the podcast opened with Creed describing the day that he was found guilty of the crime that would place him on the sex offender registry. You're listening to The Secret Room, a podcast about the stories no one ever tells. I'm Ben Ham. And now, Creed's wife joins me at the microphone. What do you do, Karen? I'm a lawyer, and it's actually, it's relevant to this story. And your husband? Uh, he's a man of many hats, partially out of necessity. You guys were, were both in the class of 2002, right? Yes. We were friends, and I was very stupid because he was more interested in me than I realized, and he left me, you know, notes, and I just never got it. You know, so we went, you know, through high school, and we were good friends. Saw each other once after high school. The next time I saw him was immediately before he went to prison. Wow. So you were his high school crush. He was your best friend. Sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's kind of sweet. Too bad you didn't know earlier. Right, I, I say that all the time. Tell me about the crime. So he had a girlfriend that was 17 years old. He was 22. And, you know, I don't necessarily say that's a healthy relationship for the two of them to have been in, but it was a time when both of them were making really poor choices in many avenues of their lives. You know, lots of drugs and alcohol. And at some point during their relationship, they decided that it would be a good idea to film themselves having sex. My husband and the girlfriend had a rift and she took the videos home to look through them to see if there were any other girls that she didn't know about. Something happened and her stepfather saw the video and contacted the police. It seemed incredibly unfair. You know, what they were doing was not illegal, but just the filming of it was. And it wasn't like he was exploiting her. He wasn't trying to do something wrong. It was just stupidity. 
what two people do in the sanctity of their home, basically, that is not meant for anybody else, it really is a victimless crime. So let's be perfectly clear. It was legal for Creed to have sex with his girlfriend. He was 22, and she was 17, and that was not a crime. But when Creed and his girlfriend decided to tape their intimacy, that was the crime. Because at 17, she could not consent legally to being photographed that way. And so the questions here are, should Creed have served prison time, and should he have been placed on the sex offender registry for this? Neither Creed nor Karen contest that the filming was against the law. But did the punishment fit the crime? He ended up pleading guilty because he did not want everybody to have to watch that video. So the crime is, well, the technical name of it is child sexually abusive material. But, you know, most people would refer to this as child pornography. And so that is the evidence against him. And so all the jurors would have to sit through this video you know, because even even if the attorneys stipulated to the existence of the video, that is the crime. And so there is no way, you know, that he could not be found guilty. So he ended up pleading guilty. At this time, I lived in another state. And one morning I woke up and realized I had a dream about Creed and wanted to get in touch with him. I did not have his phone number. I had to go on MySpace and a mutual connection gave me the phone number and I called him. Within a week or two, I was on a plane across the country to visit him because I had heard everything that had happened. And so I spent a weekend with him before he left to prison. I don't remember all of it now because there was a lot of substance use <laughs> happening during that weekend. So it's all a little fuzzy. And, and how did Creed's parents handle the ordeal? I couldn't even begin to count the ways that it was um, a real problem for them, you know, financially, emotionally, reputationally. Knowing that people around you know things about your child they should not know about. He told me that like his mom watched the video. I cannot even imagine how uncomfortable that must feel. It was an extreme stress on them. He was originally sentenced to three to 20 years was his maximum. His minimum should have been seven years, but the judge understood that this was a very unusual crime and deviated from the guidelines that he was given and gave him a lower minimum. That is a very small silver lining in this story. <laughs> yes. Wow. Yeah. He ended up serving four years. You know, um, I did actually write him a couple of letters when he first went. He actually <laughs> still had them when I went to visit him afterward. It was kind of nice to see those letters that I had written and to hear him explain to me how important those were for him. But unfortunately, I, shortly after getting back from the visit with him, met another guy that I ended up being with for a couple of years. You know, I, it was this weird thing that he didn't want me uh, writing to this guy in prison while we were in a relationship together. <laughs> <laughs> so um, right. I stopped writing to him as well. 
So, so what about the ex-girlfriend? What, what happened to her? She was not allowed to see my husband. And yet when I went to visit him during that weekend before he left, she was there. But I don't know if she never wrote to him, but basically she abandoned him. I can't blame her. I mean, she was 17 years old. I hardly could commit to anything when I was 17 years old. So. So Creed gets out of prison. How soon before he contacts you? Actually, I contacted him. I thought of Creed and decided that I would check and make sure that he was still alive and, you know, what he was doing. And when I looked him up that day, it said that he had been released from prison 10 days earlier. I just had no clue of how to get a hold of him. I know I posted about it on Facebook. I also told my friend and she said she would go with me. I had moved back and we just drove to his parents' house. So on a whim, you drove over to Creed's parents' house. What did you find? I found Creed. Wow. (laughs) Um, It was kind of a chaotic scene when somebody's on parole often, and then especially with sex offenders, they are on, I think it's called a geographic tether. You can't be outside of a certain range of the quote unquote tether box. And so the door that I went to at his house was actually outside of the range of the tether box. (laughs) He could see me through a window in the house, but I had to go around and, you know, and then finally we were able to, to meet up. There must have been a tremendous rush of emotion. You've hit it right on the nose, Ben. Tell me about it. I'm, I'm sure that there was a full minute of just standing there smiling at each other. Oh. <laughs> um, and then finally he asked me if I wanted to come in. And that's always kind of been one of our things is I'll say thanks for inviting me in or he'll say thanks for coming to see me or, you know, something like that. And we always go back to that moment. Um, wow, Karen, this is this is really getting very touching. But... So at this moment, you guys are still friends. So there's no kissing, but probably a big hug. Yes, there was a big hug. And I will say that there was a slight amount of tension for me because I had normal like metabolic changes as you get older. In high, in high school, I was, you know, like 130 pounds. And when I went to see him, I was a lot more. Mm-hmm. I just assumed that he would not be interested in me just because of how drastically I felt my appearance had changed. And then on top of it, I'm looking at this guy who has a prison bod. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is that, that's a compliment, he, right? Yes. Okay, he I was mean, ripped, right? Exactly. He's had nothing to do for four years but work out and read books. So he was, like, amazing. Okay. And my friend that was with me, she commented on one of his tattoos because he had gotten a lot of tattoos while he was in prison. And so then he just decided to take off his shirt to show the rest of the tattoos. 
And I don't know if I was able to make a coherent statement for the rest of the conversation after that because I was just very impressed. (laughs) You liked what you saw. (laughs) Exactly. So he had the whole thing going on. He had the torso and he had had the sexy ink. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Which included my name tattooed on him. What? (laughs) He had told me that. You were a goner at this point. You, you knew to expect that. Yeah. Okay. Well, and he had told me it in a letter, but then, you know, you're like, oh, yeah, of course, sure, you did that. Mm-hmm. But then he, he showed me. Wow. Um, and he was like, do you know what that, you know, what that is? And I was like, oh, my God, that's that. Like, yeah, it's his Karen. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> wow, that's you. Yeah. So my friend and I leave, and I'm like wow, you know, I, I can't believe that. Like, A, I can't believe how he looks. And B, like, I'm so glad to see him. You know, all these, like, friend positive things also. And then, you know, ju- just this knowledge that, like, of course this isn't going to go anywhere romantically. I'm just going to be there for my friend when he needs me. Karen, you're telling me you get through this night without a kiss. Oh, yeah, no. I can't we believe only... it. I cannot believe it. <laughs> I'm we so enthralled by this story. <laughs> you guys are ships passing in the night and torn apart and all, all this stuff going on. And then you're reunited. There's a tattoo in your name <laughs> and no kiss. It never, I mean, it never crossed my mind because, like I said, I knew he would not be interested. Like, it's beyond a belief. It was like, that's just not even on the table. He had your name on his torso. I know, but I just assumed he was over it. Right. Okay. And and also, you know, we were only there for, I mean, maybe an hour. You know, it it was super awkward too because his dad was like sitting right outside the room. I see. So we we really didn't hmm. stick around very long or talk very much. All right. So you left. You and your friend got in the car. You debriefed immediately. What did she say? She actually said that she could tell that we had connections that went beyond what most people have. So when did the romance start? (sighs) Couldn't have been too much longer after that. I think it was a few weeks. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. How are you feeling? It's, It's nice to think about all those warm fuzzy times it's nice to hear about them (laughs) really not kidding so i guess to talk more about the secret i remember when he and i first started dating i felt like i had to tell my family partially because my brother had a son there was this issue about you know i feel like i have to disclose this to you because If you don't want him to be around your kid, then I won't bring him around or whatever. I was very lucky because my family is incredibly understanding and open-minded. I don't think anyone ever had anything negative to say about him or the situation or me dating him or anything. Are there there any kids? No. And, you know, and that's a valid question because... I had at least always imagined that I would have kids. And then he and I had this conversation where 
he raised a lot of very valid points about the effect of him being on the registry on children. And these things may be changing now because there's some cases going through our higher courts. So one of the rules is that a sex offender cannot loiter in a school zone. And the reason why this lawsuit was initiated partially was because these parents couldn't go pick their kids up from school. They couldn't go to school functions. They couldn't play with their kids on the playground. All these rules that may or may not actually have an impact on recidivism of sex offenders. I think the fundamental disconnect here is that, you know, those rules are really meant for different quote unquote class of sex offender. You know, those are meant for predators. Exactly. And and that is something that has been missing from the dialogue, I feel like. And I understand there's no way that any judge has the ability to look at someone, look at their situation and say, you are a predator, you are not a predator, and 100% of the time make that determination accurately. I, I get that. But there are some circumstances, I believe, such as this one, where it's pretty clear that there was not any danger to children posed by this behavior or this person. So, so you as a couple have decided not to have children because he's on the sex offender registry? I think that was a part of the initial decision. And then later, I think we've been like, oh, not having kids is kind of cool. So, <laughs> so we'll just keep not doing this. Have you guys moved around much? Sex offenders have to register when they move somewhere new. And I wonder if you've ever had to deal with that. We did, actually. After some years of us being together, we decided that we wanted to live somewhere else. And so we had a lot of discussion about where we would move. And we ended up moving only, you know, five miles down the road because we were so afraid to move to a different area. For fear of what would happen when he had to register in that area. Exactly. As a sex offender. Exactly. Yeah, I get it. So you've never had to face that by choice. You've sort of remained in your little universe so that you, you can avoid that, that trouble. Right, and, and to clarify, he is on the registry. So the only thing that we've avoided so far is um, interaction with anybody new. We live in a very, fairly rural area intentionally so that we don't have a lot of neighbors. <laughs> Has anyone ever seen Creed on the sex offender registry, which is very easy to access, by the way, and given you guys a hard time? The closest we came was there was a guy that he was like a friend of a friend and he, I think, had been in prison himself. And he kind of threatened to out Creed. He posted something on Facebook that was about one step away from including his name. Luckily, the friend that was his friend, we kind of told him, you better get this guy under control or we're going to have to. Because <laughs> when somebody's been in prison, you know a lot of people who have been in prison. So it's really not a good idea to 
cross somebody who's been in prison. I've jokingly referred to myself as like Little Red Riding Hood and with my Big Bad Wolf, but I have like a pack of Big Bad Wolves that, um, you know, if, if I was ever in a situation, I have some phone numbers of some people that I can call. You know some people who can apply some uh, motivation then? I'm saying that I, I know some large, intimidating men who, you know, you just don't want to show up at your house. You'd apply some motivation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I understand. Exactly. I understand. Exactly. <laughs> I'm glad this interview is going well. <laughs> <laughs> it is, right? <laughs> yes. Okay, good. I'm glad this is the secret right. room. <laughs> right. Who knows your secret? Pretty much everyone in my family. A couple of friends. But that's about it. I really, really don't talk about it. This may be obvious, but I just want to ask you directly. Why do you keep this a secret? Creed and I often speculate about the impact that this could have on our lives. I've thought about sharing it preemptively just so that no one could try to, you know, either like blackmail me, which I wouldn't allow. I mean, I would just immediately disclose. But, you know, if anything, I think it does make me a better attorney. I think it makes me more aware of the collateral consequences of the choices that people make. And so why are you telling your secret today in the secret room? I guess I wanted to see what it felt like to talk about it freely. And how does it feel? Well, Ben, you're very nice. (laughs) And so it's easy to talk to you. Um, You know, so if everybody was as nice as you, then, um, you know, it would feel great. It feels great now. You know, it's it's a very lighthearted conversation about, but it's, you know, the subject matter is... It's a little nerve-wracking. You know, the, the secret room is a different environment than, like, the conference room at work <laughs> or the courtroom or whatever room it could be brought up in. Right. I get it. Hmm. Well, thank you, Karen, for telling your story in the secret room. Ben, thank you for the opportunity to talk about this. Absolutely. When Karen and I outlined this interview, it was originally set to end right there. But Karen Creed and I all agreed that the story wouldn't be complete without hearing from Creed himself. I just remember them, you know, putting the handcuffs on me, turning me around, and my whole family and a lot of my friends were in the courtroom that day. and It was an open court proceeding, so it was was packed. I just uh, remember them all waving goodbye to me and, you know, saying that they loved me and, and they let me out. Creed joins me next time in The Secret Room. And Karen was good enough to dig through her box of mementos to find actual letters she sent to Creed in prison, which he so carefully saved. They're waiting for you right now at facebook.com slash secretroompod. Take a look. And thank you for sharing those, Karen. And while you're visiting us on Facebook, why not like the page and share it on your page? It doesn't hurt to tell your friends about your favorite little indie podcast that could. I can hardly wait to bring you Creed in the Secret Room next time, 
If you're subscribed, it'll show up when we feed, like magic. Our music is by Breakmaster Cylinder. And Karen, how did you hear about The Secret Room? I think it was on the, gosh, I think it was on the Apple chart. Everyone, please leave us a coveted five-star review on the Apple Podcast app or wherever you listen. Follow us on Twitter at Secret Room Pod. And why don't you join me on the show? It's easy. Just send a few lines about your story to share at secretroompodcast.com. I promise not to bite. Too hard. Thank you, thank you for listening to yet another episode. See you next time. I'm Ben Ham, and this is The Secret Room. Pod on. Pod on. You know, between Creed and then these other friends that I've met through him, I have met some of my very favorite people through him, you know, people that were in prison. They're a different breed of human because they have had opportunity to think about what they have done in a way that most people never get or choose to take. I'm going to take a drink of water really quick. (laughs) Go for it. (laughs) My throat's just getting kind of raspy. Alexa, I want to buy the Secret Room Podcast t-shirt. Did you want me to order the Secret Room Podcast t-shirt? Uh, yeah. That's right. The best podcast t-shirt ever. And it's available on Amazon Prime right now. Find it in five luscious colors and styles for men and women. Up your cool factor now by showing your affiliation with the coolest indie podcast on the planet. Go to Amazon.com and search for The Secret Room Podcast. Alexa, which color t-shirt do you like best? Infrared is super pretty. Uh, no. It's not really available in infrared. Yet. Maybe soon. The Secret Room Podcast is brought to you by Audible, purveyors of the largest audiobook collection anywhere. To get a free audiobook download and a complimentary 30-day membership courtesy of The Secret Room, head to audibletrial.com slash secretroom.